I'm in beautiful downtown Culver City with Richard Maxwell, and we're sitting just outside the Pacific Theatres Complex. Yeah, and I'm with Toby Miller, sitting just outside the Pacific Theatres Complex in beautiful downtown Culver City. And what we want to talk about uh, in this chapter is the role of consumers, the act of consumption, because one of the things that we're often told is that responsibility begins at home, responsibility yes. begins with you, and that the great thing about ecological slash environmental activism is that it takes a whole world to be a village, a village to be a whole world, <laughs> Hillary Clinton to stay with Bill Clinton, and a recognition that the global starts with the local. But in this chapter, we also discover consumers who are much bigger than the home. Consumers like Walmart, consumers like General Electric, consumers like uh, Google and, and, other, and others who manage humongous server farms that consume at a rate uh, that, would, uh, that would dim an entire uh, city on the West Coast. Exactly so. And just as they are producers of things, they are also consumers. And that makes us think about the question of scale. But of course, individual decisions or collective decisions made by individual consumers or groups of consumers can matter. They can apply a great deal of pressure. Uh, we've just seen that with a quarter of a million people petition Apple to reconsider its industrial policies in terms of labor in China. At the same time, we think that it's crucial that people have an appreciation, A, of the role of big institutions and policies and regulation, and B, as Rick's already indicated, of the fact that large institutions are the biggest consumers we have, and the idea of a, a sovereign consumer who is in some sense ethically responsible forgets the fact that these largest consumers are themselves massive producers of just the problems that we're trying to analyze. So in this chapter, it, it serves as, as a, a starting point for the reconsideration of the environmental impact and what we can do to green the media. We give the consumer their due, we think it's very important, and we also provide tools for the consumer to, to evaluate and judge whether or not a particular institution or particular uh, project is uh, acting ethically towards, toward the environment. And our goal here is to, is to not only talk about the scale at which consumption uh, takes place, uh, but also to try to link up uh, our thinking about reforms to what, how do you actually make di a difference at that scale that will affect those institutions. One of the interesting things about green consumption these days is the notion that people can make decisions based on what is seen as the ecological impact of the products that they buy. And although, as perhaps old-school leftists, we're dubious about that, the thing about it that I think appeals to both of us is that it does urge upon people this life-cycle approach. It makes them think about the conditions under which these goods and services were produced, the conditions under which they circulate, the conditions under which they're used by audiences or publics, and the conditions under which they then come to the end of their lives. So this long view that's encouraged through the idea of green consumption or ethical consumption is in fact an impeccable kind of material analysis. And in getting there... Or uh, can be. Can be, yes. But in getting there, uh, we've discovered that uh, to, that we've also had to do our, our own uh, bit of homework to learn a new vocabulary, to learn about different areas in which uh, 
information or, or understanding about the environmental impact takes place, whether it's uh, epi epidemiology or a toxicology report to understand what the, the biological burden of, of these chemicals are, but to understand also how much the earth can, can take in terms of, of the in, environmental side effects that come with a cultural, political, and economic uh, uh, production. What kind of resources does it take and how the earth can recycle those resources to, to heal itself in the process. And we've, we've, we've taught ourselves what we think the consumer, the green consumer, might have to learn in terms of a new curriculum to, uh, to actually get to that point where they understand better the process that way. And in this work, as in much else in the book, we're indebted not only to the high-quality research work of large numbers of environmental scientists, chemical engineers, epidemiologists, and so forth, but also of a lot of activist groups, mm -hmm. many of which operate in part through the idea of a consumer ethos, groups like the Silicon Valley Toxics Coalition, uh, groups like the uh, scholars, uh, groups like Greenpeace in particular, uh, that are worried about the earth, they're worried about the workers, and they're concerned about the future that consumers are leaving for others. So uh, we stand on the shoulders of many giants and giantesses. Mm -hmm. And in the end, we, we see, a, uh, as we said, a role for the consumer to play, but also uh, we, we preview subsequent chapter on citizens and thinking of that trans transformation from the green consumer to the green citizen and what that might be, and the subsequent chapters uh, try to get us to that that final point where we can talk about green citizenship and policy reform. And that policy reform, you'll have to wait for another podcast to learn about. Mm.